Let us pray. Gracious God, we come before you. And many of us have experienced that dry bone kind of life. Many of us have been wandering in the wilderness. Many of us are thirsty. Many of us are wanting and waiting to have a breath of new air, to have our thirst quenched with your spirit. So I pray, Lord, that right now, in this very room, in this very place, in this very moment, that you will come and aliven our dry bones. Make us see you, feel you, and most of all, understand more about you. So we offer this time to you, O oh God. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Thanks, team. Well, it's good to be home. It's real good to be home. Thank you. It, uh, it, it was an amazing uh, 10 weeks off. Um, this is something that is available to us. Uh, we're trying to speak truth into Robert's life here. It's available to pastors every seven years. And this is the first time I've taken it in 40 years. So <laughs> I hope you do better than I did. I want to express a, a, a few words, uh, some expressions of gratitude. Uh, first, to our personnel committee that's called the Staff Parish Relations Committee. Uh, I know that Ansel is here, who was a chairperson when uh, this uh, renewal leave was uh, beginning to be discussed. And where are you? There you are from the balcony. Thank you so very much to all and to all the team that's been a part of this discussion. Uh, and to all leadership of the church that's just really made it possible for me to be gone. Uh, not, not a lot of pastors get 10 weeks off. Uh, and it's I'll tell you more about that. I also want to express my gratitude, though, to those who really maintained everything. Not only maintained it, but really made, made, made the church prosper. And, and I kind of, I, I'm coming back because I've heard so many comments from some of you that I, I wanted to come back while I still had a job. <laughs> and so, now, first of all, if I can just say my word of gratitude to uh, the bishops of the cabinet for a year ago having the wisdom to send Robert Bledsoe to be a part of us. As I told Robert earlier uh, this week, I said, I, I didn't listen to all the sermons, but I, I think I listened to s six of the weeks that I was gone. And, uh, but my gosh, God just spoke into him and God allowed him to be the messenger each and every week. Uh, and also to Bronwyn. Bronwyn, is she in the house right now? There you are. I want to say thanks to Bronwyn. Uh, Bronwyn is just uh, an amazing communicator. She's a director of communications and what a gift God has also given to you to preach the word, gospel of Jesus Christ. Thank you so very much. If I can say a word to Carol Clem, who's our church administrator, uh, administrative assistant, to Cindy Cook. Cindy, I know she's in the house someplace. Where are you, Cindy? Uh, she was here. Where? There, back up there in the balcony. Thank you. Cindy's our, our church administrator, and um, I tell you what, she came on a little bit over a year ago, and I am breathing we are breathing as a church so much better because she just keeps on top of everything. And, and then Pastor Joe, uh, thank you for the proclamation of the word in every way. And we just have a great team. We have a great team of people. People ask me, you know, how are you getting away? I said, just a great team of people. And, and I'm thankful uh, for you. So let me uh, just share with you, I didn't have time during my 10 weeks off to write a sermon for today. So... <laughs> I just thought I'd show a lot of pictures. 
You know, you, you remember some of those nights in, the, in my family, we would have, you know, watch slide night. It was like, so I thought I'd do that. So let me just tell you a little bit about what I did during my 10 weeks. It, I, I promise you, I have um, 28 minutes. It won't take much more than 25. So uh, just kind of watch this. So I started my time away uh, being the Bible Hour teacher at the Bishop James, uh, James Tabernacle in Ocean Grove, uh, New Jersey. Uh, that's a, um, I never heard much about it, but it's a great place. Uh, it has the largest collection of Victorian homes in the United States. Uh, but it is a tremendous place, and I was able to take my book that I've been working on, Conversations with God, and I was able to use them as my guinea pig, and, and I learned a great deal from them, and I'm thankful for that opportunity. Got home on a Saturday at night about 11 o'clock, and at 3 o'clock in the morning, I was driving over to Fort Lauderdale because uh, my daughter and I, uh, Amanda went as my translator to Havana, Cuba, where I grew up, and we had the wonderful privilege of visiting with uh, Bishop Ricardo Pereira, uh, who has been the bishop of Cuba now for uh, almost 20 years, and the church is prospering. And uh, we were able to talk about uh, our partnership with the Methodist Church, and in particular, the, or the seminary uh, of the Methodist uh, uh, Evangelical Seminary. And uh, I have a lot to tell you about that, but I don't have time today. Uh, but I was able to meet also with the dean and the leadership of the seminary while there, uh, just... Uh, Amazing blessing they are to me already. And then, take the next photo, please. Uh, this is a young man had uh, had a, a day. Uh, in fact, the day that we left, um, I had a time with uh, this young man. His name is Adele, Adele Faya. Um, I'm going to turn 64 on, in September. And um, his birthday is, September, is August the 20th, and mine is September 20th. And as soon as I went back to Cuba at the age of one month, uh, uh, I was put in the same playpen with Adele. And uh, we've, we've been able to stay in touch with each other for, since 1998. It's amazing when we start telling stories. Uh, but uh, when I walked into his house, I saw this picture uh, hanging on the wall. Uh, my mother and father, my older brother, my, and myself. And then he showed me a picture that I had never, ever seen before in my life. Uh, this picture. And I'm the handsome guy on the left, um, and my brother Dan. And, and it's such an amazing time to be with Adele and to go back in memories. And so then we came back from that, and then Karen had a honeydew list, and I did some of that. And, and then we had um, uh, Karen and I, our daughter Amanda, and our, her husband Freddie. We went to Breckenridge, uh, Colorado, and uh, we did a lot of hiking, just a lot of hiking and had tremendous uh, time hiking. And then uh, the next day, we, uh, we went ziplining. The, the woman on the right, that's a woman on the right, that's Karen. Um, when she got to the bottom, she, uh, the woman that met her down there said, now you can let go of your death grip. Uh, she, she, she did not want to go on that, but she did, and she loved it after the first one. And, and uh, I'm on the left there. And then the, we went whitewater rafting, and. Um, you can see on the left side, there's some paddles. Uh, I'm the one you can't see. Um, and so I had, had a wonderful time whitewater rafting. And, and then after that, we, um, what did we do? Oh, on the hike, Karen Hasten, I'm showing this. On the hike, uh, just as we we're hiking along a path, here's a huge bathtub. And in the bottom of the bathtub are some opened um, old uh, beer bottles. 
already, already consumed. I, I did not consume them. I did not consume them at that moment. And, and so I just thought it was a great picture. And then the last uh, two weeks, uh, I spent uh, at this beautiful cabin uh, just about 45 minutes from Boone, North Carolina, uh, where I really focused on writing and reflecting and spending time with God. So that's enough. So let me take you back to about the third week of May. Uh, third week of May, uh, I'm, I'm focused on getting as many appointments in as I could. Uh, to visit with as many people of the congregation as I could before leaving. And uh, I was standing outside my office uh, one day, um, more towards the administrator's office, and uh, Cindy Cook and Carol Clem were standing there, and uh, Carol said on behalf of both of them, because they control my calendar, Tom, you cannot book any more appointments. You don't have any more time. I started to think about that, that phrase. You don't have any more time. And I started to realize that that phrase was not only true about that moment in time, but that's kind of the way I lived my life. That I allowed everyone and everything else to grasp all of my time, and then I had little time for myself to breathe, to live for God personally in joy. And I realized that something had to change. And it wasn't just about a 10-week experience away, but it was about a transformational moment in which I realized that a life has to be different than what I'm allowing it to be today. I share this with you because uh, I don't think I'm alone. I don't think I'm alone at all. I look out into uh, this body of people and I think about the people at home or wherever you are today, and, 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 I, and I know for a fact that so many of us live our lives in such a way that we race from one thing to another to another and we don't find time or space to live. So I began the summer with this question. Can I find the secret to find some time out, some time for rest and renewal in this 10-week period of time? And then while I was gone, I realized that I needed to asked the next question that faced me uh, when I re-entered into this world. And that is, can I take what I learned about finding rest and renewal and live it while I am engaged in a very active uh, congregation? And so I want to struggle with you today about this because I think that the theme of taking a time out is relevant for all of us, no matter where we are and whatever stage of life we are. You cannot read the gospel of Jesus Christ. You cannot read any of the gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John 
without realizing that uh, what we find in, in, that, in that teaching is that uh, Jesus was try, people tried to find Jesus and touch Jesus and, and uh, get themselves attached to Jesus all the time. People were constantly demanding his time. He, and whenever Jesus uh, went here, the, peop- the word would go out and people would surround him. And when, people would, when, when Jesus would go there to the, to the mountain, 5,000 people, those were all men. So maybe 15,000 people gathered. And everybody wanted his time. So I, I think that it's important for us to understand that uh, this message was not only something that we're facing right now and in time, but it's something uh, that Jesus faced in his lifetime and that Jesus gives us a model of how to live our lives when we have people who are demanding our, uh, our attention, people who are needing us. And how is it that we find space and renewal and restoration in our everyday living? Now, am I just speaking to myself today, or can you relate to this? Okay, I know it's been 10 weeks since you've been asked a question. Can, can, you, can you relate to it? Okay? So, let me share with you a, a, a passage of Scripture, because what Jesus gives to us is a model of, of how to do this. And I'm going to speak about that model today. Uh, first of all, what you need to know is that Jesus found a place that he could go to and he went there frequently in order to find renewal and rest. And now, if you can show me the map, uh, what we find is that in the scriptures, uh, and, and one of the things that I enjoyed doing while I was gone is keeping up with you on the 90 days in the New Testament. We're just going to finish that series here in the next three weeks. And, and one of the things that I really enjoyed was the beginning part of this. I've read this part of the story uh, numerous times and heard the same thing. So Jesus would travel from up in the Tiberias area around the Sea of Galilee, which is about a 12-day hike uh, from uh, the Tiberias uh, Sea of Galilee area down to Jerusalem. And Bethany is about two miles outside of Jerusalem. And what we hear in the scripture is that Jesus went there repeatedly and went to visit some really close friends because these friends were able to help him find time for renewal, time for rest, and reflection. Now, the three people that Jesus went to visit are people by the name of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. And so what we have in these three, brothers and sisters, what we have here is uh, that we have a place in Bethany that Jesus would come visit on a regular basis uh, for rest and renewal. Listen to the scripture from John chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Here a dinner was given in Jesus' honor. Martha served while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. Then Mary took, a pint, uh, took about a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume, and she poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. And the, and the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. My friends, this is the word of God for the people of God. So what we find here, I think, are three things. If, you, if you're new and you're just visiting inside your program, you'll find some teaching notes. You might want to pull those out. 
But I'm going to share with you three things today. The first is I want to talk to you about that we all need a place for rest. The second is we need a place for reflection. And the third is we need a place for spiritual renewal. Again, I don't care what stage of life you are in. Some of you are saying, well, Tom, this was relevant to me back several years ago when I was active in, the, in, in, in working. And now that I'm retired, this is not really much a part of my life. And I just want to say, you're lying to yourself. Most of you. I'll never forget my mother and father saying to me, after my father retired for the third time, my father said, I don't know when I had time to work because I am so busy doing everything in retirement. So I think this is relevant. And for those of us still engaged in work, I think it's really relevant because the, 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 the demands on our time are enormous. So here's number one. We need to find a place of rest. Millenniums ago, God decreed uh, that uh, we should all find a time for rest. In fact, if we go back into the creation story itself, uh, God said, I'm going to create the heavens and the earth in six days, and on the seventh day, uh, there will be a day of rest. In the Hebrew, it's called Shabbat or Sabbath. It's absolutely essential uh, from the time of God creating into the life of Jesus Christ into our lives today. We need a place for rest. Now, we in the North American culture here in, in the United States, uh, we, have, we seem to have forgotten this need for rest. It seems like the throttle of our lives is constantly down. It seems like we're going from one thing to another to another thing, and we just don't have time to almost breathe. And so we need to figure this out of how is it that we're going to find a place of rest? In fact, we like it so much, we like this pace so much uh, that many of us admire those people who seem to have no time at all, and we think that that's, gonna, that, that we think that's success, and that's where we want to get to. In fact, we think that so much uh, that we have a new beatitude that is being added into the scriptures, even as I speak to you today. And the new beatitude says this. Blessed are those that goeth around in circles, for they shall be known as big wheels. <laughs> and yet, that's the way we live our lives. We think there's something uh, dynamic about that person. We think there's something good, uh, extra good about that person. But no, not at all. But see, Jesus went to Bethany. Not once. Not twice. Jesus went to Bethany, and in Bethany, at the home of Lazarus, who he raised from the dead, Mary and Martha, there he found rest. I think it was there that uh, they, they, they greeted their friend Jesus, and it was there in which they said, we'll give you food and we'll give you a place to lay your head. And I think Jesus went there and he had his, his place in the garden, and there he could just meditate and be in the presence of of God, but there was a place of rest. So let me take you back to where I was in, uh, outside of Boone. It's actually a little town called Linville Ridge, um, and uh, this cabin 
a good friend of, of mine from here in the church. The Swords uh, have a house on, the, uh, on this property, and they gave me their cabin to use. Thank you, Swords. And um, I spent two weeks there alone. Two weeks alone for me is a long time. Uh, I, 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 I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a wonderful time. I, I thought it was just a spectacular opportunity to be alone. Uh, but I will tell you that I just went cabin crazy. Now, here was the plan. The plan was that I'm an early riser. I would wake up and I would start working on the manuscript of the book, and I would work from 7 a.m. until 1 then I would take a break for lunch, and then I would be on the golf course at least 10 of the 14 days and play at least 18 holes of golf every day. So after the first day that I arrived there, well, it was beautiful and sunny, it was, and, and, I, and it was Sunday, so I was going out with some people for lunch. It started raining about 3 o'clock in the afternoon on Sunday, and it rained from 3 o'clock on Sunday until 3 o'clock on Monday until 3 o'clock on Tuesday and 3 o'clock on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. And I got one round of golf in. I was going cabin crazy. And yet in the midst of that, in the midst of that place, I had taken uh, several briefcases of books, and I opened up a devotional book that I have, and I found a prayer, or perhaps the prayer found me. I printed this on in, your, in your teaching notes because I want you to take it home with you. Allow me to pray this for you. Slow me down, Lord. Ease the pounding of my heart by the quieting of my mind. Steady my hurried pace with a vision of the eternal reach of time. Give me, amidst the confusion of my day, the calmness of the everlasting hills. Break the tensions of my nerves and muscles within the soothing music of the singing streams that live in my memory. Help me to know the magical, restoring power of sleep. Teach me the art of taking minute vacations, of slowing down to look at a flower, to chat with a friend, to pat a dog, or to read a few lines from a good book. Let me look up into the branches of the towering oak and know that it grew great and strong because it grew slowly and well. Are you tired of being on the treadmill? Are you tired of just having the throttle of your life down? Is it time for you to establish a place where you can have rest. Yes, mine will be in the cabin in North Carolina periodically, but I need to find that place of rest here where I live, in the midst of all of you. 
a place of rest. Well, then we need to find a place for reflection. I think that one of the great things that we need to be doing in our lives is to reflect on our past, reflect on our present, and reflect on our future. We need a time to reflect. So while I was gone, in those days in which I got really cabin crazy, on one of those days, I decided to drive to, into Boone. And in Boone, they have a brand new Starbucks. And uh, so I, I, I went in, and I had my manuscript of the book with me. And I went in there, and I sat down and uh, got a, a really tall, extra tall cup of really triple-shot coffee. Uh, don't recommend that too often. And I sat there in one of the corners and was just enjoying reading. I was enjoying, take, I was enjoying taking that red pen and just editing this book. Then I got up and I, I, I needed another triple shot of coffee. Uh, and so I, I, I just literally laid my manuscript down on the table beside where I was sitting and uh, the room was getting quite full now, and I got my cup of coffee. And when I came back, I noticed that there was a woman seated in the chair right next to me, that beautiful leather chair right next to me, is this woman, and she was, she was looking at the cover, and she says, oh, are you, are you writing a book? I said, yes, I'm trying. This is my first attempt. And she said, well, don't give up. It's worth the effort. Well, she and I had a conversation. I learned that five years ago she... Uh, retired from being a CEO of a Fortune 500 company. She was living now in Boone, teaching some at Appalachian State University. And uh, she was just uh, this, this light in my life uh, for that moment. And so I, I, I said to her, tell me, what do you think was some of the, um, some of the secrets to your success? I, I just thought, Okay, this woman who fought through a lot of things to become a CEO of a Fortune 500 company, she must have some special wisdom. And she, and she told me this story. She said, every morning I wake up at 5 o'clock. From 5 to 6, I pray and meditate to God. I'm reading scripture. I'm allowing God to speak into my life. Then she said, but the last 20 minutes, I reserve for reflecting on my calendar. I reflect on the day before that had just passed. And I simply ask myself the question, was I in all of these moments of time, all these appointments with all these people, was I the person that God wanted me to be? Then she said, I stop and I look at my, my current day. And I look at all the names, most of whom I knew, she said. And I stopped and I prayed for each and every person that God would take the moment that we have in time and that God would be revealed in that conversation and that God would lead in the development 
of that relationship or that business deal. See, I, I think that one of the things that's missing in our lives is that we, we're missing having that moment of reflection of our past, of our present, and our future where we are inviting God to come in and dwell at the center core of our being and so that every single moment, every single expression, every single conversation, every single motion that we make, body motion that we make, uh, that it is first and foremost honoring God. And that's a challenge for me. How about you? Where I'm thinking about the people of my past, and I'm thinking, God, I'm just so glad to get rid of that appointment. And she says, no, I've got to spend time and thank God for that appointment. Thank God for that person. Thank God for the people that are coming into my life today. What would happen if you and I decided that we're going to stop this very moment, and we're going to stop and pray about, think about those people that we are going to encounter uh, this afternoon, tomorrow, and Tuesday, what would happen in our relationships if you and I decided that we're going to spend time reflecting? And here's the last. So, we need, so as important it is, though, for us to have a place, as important as it is to reflect, I think it's actually more important that we have a time of spiritual renewal. Jesus knew that he needed to go to Bethany in order to have a place where he could connect with God intimately. Where the Spirit of God, we talk about uh, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, where we, where we can experience the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. You see, so often in the mainline Protestant church and the United Methodist Church, we think about this word Holy Spirit and we think, well, Tom, if you're going to start talking about the Holy Spirit and you're going to start talking, then, then if you start talking about speaking in tongues and if you start talking about all, all, all of that kind of stuff, then I'm out of here. Because that's what we think about the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit is simply the presence of the living God in our lives. How, how do you think it was that Jesus was able to walk through all that he had to walk through the last week of his life? The last week of his life. How is it that Jesus was able uh, to be spat upon? How is it that Jesus was, was able to be humiliated? How is it that Jesus was able to be on trial? How is it that Jesus was able uh, to, to be scourged, to be whipped almost to death? How is it that Jesus was able to carry the cross uh, to Golgotha? How is it that Jesus was able uh, to, to place his body on the cross and to have his hands and his feet nailed to the cross? How is it it only happened, I think, I believe with all my heart, because he was so in tune with God the Father and God the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God was dwelling in him, giving him wisdom and courage for what he needed at that moment. And you and I, we are living our lives absent of calling forth the power of the Spirit into our lives. When was the last time that you said, Holy Spirit, come and dwell with me? See, let me just give you an example. I want everybody to reach for the program or the Bible or something. I just want you to have a piece of paper, something in your hand this very moment. Go ahead, please. I want you to do this. Because I, I want to show you an example of how it is that all of us are living our lives. I need you all to do this. Okay, you got it? 
Okay, Brent. We know what we want. We have this piece of paper in our hands. We know we want to be able to read this. We know what we want because this paper represents our lives. And what happens is we want to live our lives in a godly way. We want to live our lives uh, really focused on the presence of God. But what, what happens is that we don't call the power for the power. The presence of the Holy Spirit is a light to our lives. May I have the light, please? It's a lot easier reading this now, isn't it? A lot easier. And yet, we live our lives absent of the presence of the Holy Spirit because we fail to recognize that the Spirit has power in our living today. We need a place. We need a place, and we need the power. John Wesley, the founder of the, of the, of the Methodist movement, some 170 different denominations, different ministry organizations claim John Wesley as their founder. And one of the things that I remember about John Wesley is uh, that he was born in 1703. He is said to have preached over 40,000 sermons. He walked or was on horseback for 250,000 miles. He woke up at 4 o'clock every morning to do his prayer and meditation and scripture reading. He wanted to preach his first sermon of every day at 7 a.m. He wanted to preach about five sermons a day, different sermons a day. And so one of the books that I was reading is one of, one of, one of the books about John Wesley, this past 10 weeks. And I just want to close with this one thought of what we need. The author of this book says this, John Wesley's ability to achieve was due to a temperament that never seemed to hurry or to worry. And he always made time in his busy day to be alone with God. Now, my friends, if Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, recognized his need to be connected to God the Father through the presence of the Holy Spirit, if the founder of the Methodist movement, John Wesley, knew of the need for daily communication with God. We need that same. We need that same power in our lives. So what is it in your life that you need to do right now? What do you need to do right now? Do you need to find that place of rest? Do you need to find that place of reflection? Do you need to have that moment in time of spiritual renewal? And not about how we can create this for a short season of 10 weeks, but for our lifetime. And what a difference it would make 
if we made that commitment today. So let me pray with you. God, I pray that you'll just come and flow over us today. God, I pray that you'll come and just renew us, body, mind, and spirit. God, I pray that we'll not just have a moment in time in which we're looking at finding a place for rest and reflection, but that you will open a doorway starting today that will draw us closer to you. And so we offer this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior, and all God's people said, amen. amen.